Welcome back to the Kernels of Truth. We are the Kentucky Hunters of the Weird, the Wild, and True Crime. I'm Kate Farr. I'm Wes Brown. And in foreign correspondence, I am Kevin Farr. And we are this week talking about the 1981 Louisville sewer explosions that took place in the old Louisville neighborhood. And it's not quite as, it was not quite as gentrified as it is now in 1981. Uh, when we would visit my grandmother, who lived off Taylor Boulevard behind Churchill Downs, uh, it was pretty run down at that point. Uh, it was kind of, it was an older neighborhood full of older houses and older folks. And a lot of people, I mean, just they were poor and couldn't really afford nicer things. Yeah, and a lot of my uh, reading uh, of articles on the research for this, uh, it, it was described as kind of a shanty town. Kind of, it was a, it was an area where people from the Appalachians had moved in to take advantage of the work. It was very much a working, lower working class. Uh, one person in an interview actually described it as a slum, a person from there, but she may have just been a, uh, a little hyperbolic after having her street blow up. Uh, but I uh, can certainly see yeah. how that would color her experience. Mm-hmm. And and what caused this? was the Ralston Purina plant, which was on Floyd Street near the university. Apparently, you could see the university from the uh, from the plant. Well, I mean, I can remember, uh, because my dad graduated from U of L, mm-hmm. and the, the campus of the University of Louisville is beautiful. It is really, really nice. Surrounding the campus mm-hmm. is a lot of, I mean, or uh, there used to be, um, and the last time I was in Louisville, it seemed like there used to be a lot of there's industrial mm-hmm. right around the campus. Yes. So I yes, mean that, that's keeping in line with what I'm reading. And in that area, I mean, a lot of people that lived in that area worked for those same mm-hmm. industrial places. I mean, my grandmother worked for what was the tobacco company? Brown and Williamson. I wouldn't know. I think it was Brown and Williamson for. Years, years, and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the plant was using a, a chemical known as hexane, which is a whatever read is kind of a, a hydrocarbon. They they actually get it from a, from a, a, from petroleum products. From a, they get it out of crude oil basically, and it's a solvent, and it is a uh, it's an odorless solvent. And this is all going to come up in a minute too. Right, it's an odorless solvent. It. Uh, has a low, well, actually relatively high, but it's, 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 it's described as cheap, relatively safe, and largely unreactive. We're going to find out this is untrue. What's most important to remember right now is that it's less dense than water, and it's soluble, insoluble in water. Uh, in water. So basically, it can it, kind of float right on it top. It floats on top. And See, the, we're not all dumb in Kentucky. Right. We're pretty smart around these parts, and some of us are, are smart enough to go, hey, you know, if it, if it floats right on top... Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sink, and right. it's like right there, and mm-hmm. it, um, um, we might run into problems here. And that's exactly what happened. They because we all float down here. We all oh my god! Oh, stop! No, no. no. <laughs> please, I know that please reference. Stop! <laughs> I caught that reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! And I'm wearing Captain America shirt today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, already off track. But anyways, they had they were using the, they were using hexane. They were using hexane to extract the oil out of soya beans, which uh, everything I've read is it's actually real common. It's also used as a first solvent for cleaning metal. It's uh, used for uh, glue. It's used for yeah. It's it's just a oh good, god, I'm making that face. I know, and it's it's used for <laughs> everything. It's used for everything, and w- they had a system in place for. Uh, recycling it back out it's again it's it's mm-hmm. in a containment tank it's supposed to float on top of the water and get recycled back in i could not right. get i could not find an uh, a real accurate description of the system mm-hmm. but working in water and wastewater for forever i i it's probably they had a probably bad backflow prevention because what it did was floats on top of the water it depressed the water under it and got out the uh got out into the sewer and uh it basically vaporized Oh. Yeah, it vaporized. It got out in the water and vaporized, turned to vapor, and it was leaking out uh, manhole covers. Probably, you know, and that's important because it's denser than air. It where it goes, it hangs. Oh no! And so it's kind of like a fart. Yes, exactly like a fart. 
Oh, except, no. Except odorless and colorless. Uh, what bet it wasn't after this. <laughs> oh, no, because at 5.16 a.m. of that morning, and, and it should be important to note that that was on Friday the 13th. Oh, dear February Lord. February 1981. Yes, very oh, important. Oh, my Lord. The right suspicious. Befo- and, of course, it's right before Valentine's Day, too. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, naturally. It's like, well, let's just make this suck even more. <laughs> yeah. This day is really special. Uh, apparently, huh. it was, uh, they, they believe that it was seeping out of a manhole cover under a railroad bridge near 12th and Hill Streets. Okay. And, of course, it's, a, the, it's, it's an overpass bridge. It's a railroad bridge. And so the right. gas is... Coming up beneath it, mm-hmm. coming up beneath it, collecting, not dispersing. Right. And a car driving over it with two two ladies going to work at a hospital. Their catalytic converter sparked and completely. Oh no! Just one their, spark and. Yep, flip their car over. <gasps> they survived. This is a good. This isn't like last time. This is a good story. Nobody dies. It's just gross. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they. Uh, it uh, flipped the car over. It, uh, I'm just going to read what I've written, written down here. The blast destroyed two miles of the main sewer. And this was a 12-foot diameter sewer. Pretty huge. That's a whole lot of shit. Yes, it is. That, that's a shit storm. And the street above them. And what really caused the damage here is that not, not just, of course, just the blast of it, of it taking out mm-hmm. these two miles of, uh, of sewer, of sewer main. It took out the water mains beside them. Oh, and that's what that's what caused a lot of the damage in the subsidence. So not only do you have the street, the street yeah. is gone. Mm-hmm. You have a shit storm because right. you've taken out sewer line. Yeah, I don't know if they have force main, but yeah, right. But you've also got water line gone, so mm-hmm. nobody has any water, mm-hmm. and no one has any way of cleaning up right now. Yeah, no. Well, well, see, that wasn't their that wasn't their immediate problem because it'd be mine. <laughs> well, I mean, immediate, immediate, we have to understand that, again, this happened at 5.16 a.m., right? Yes. There happened to be a police helicopter going over with two policemen in it, and they said it looked like it looked like a bombing run. Oh, my it, God. The way it took out the street. Yeah, if you look for pictures, it really looks like a, somebody took a – looks like Baghdad. Oh, my know? God. Uh, it, it, several blocks of Hill Street collapsed but, into a 12, and again, the 12, this is a 12 foot diameter, which is actually pretty huge as I understand. Yeah. It. Of course, I, I've always worked in rural municipalities. I'm used to like 12 inch force mains. Right. Uh, but this good old fashioned 12 diameter thing just fell right in. Uh, the explosions were described, they described as UFOs because again, that, that it, 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 you know, kind of mushroomed when it came out, that hexane lit up. Uh, well, the, and you know, and at five o'clock in the damn morning, it's like Jesus Christ! What in the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that's awful too. I get there was a there was a uh, an earthquake here about four or five years back, and it mm-hmm. shook the end of my bed. And I real I really thought, well, ghosts are real. I woke up thinking ghosts <laughs> ghosts are aliens. It's all real. I've been wrong all my life. Ghosts are real. But no, it, uh, what happened? Of course, people thought there was an earthquake, mm-hmm. and and sewer the sewer exploded back up in their toilets. Oh, no, no, no. That is just like, the oh, God, you are describing like one of the worst nightmares. I've seen that when somebody uh, didn't valve right and a sewer king forces it back up into every... You know what a sewer king is? It's that great giant rotary they pull around the back. Oh, yeah. Well, somebody I've seen that before. Somebody didn't valve uh, valve their sewer lines right when they did it, and it forced it through every drain back into a house. You are describing like the worst mm-hmm. nightmare of every housewife <laughs> ever. And since I did that gig for 11 right. years, I can assure you that uh, I I've had nightmares. A I've seen it in the restaurant industry where yeah. we've had to close down because of it. You know, yeah. Well, like I said, it, it took, like I said, it forced, forced it back. That's horrifying. Up in the toilets, up in the sinks, hand sinks. You oh, know, yeah. you're thinking oh, it's yeah. traveling three or four feet up off the ground. That's an FML moment. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is. Yeah. Yeah, it w- and it, it, it went so far as it did it in the university, too, on the campus. Oh, God. Yeah, it, yeah. it took out those two main, it took out those two miles, mm-hmm. but it destroyed um, about 13 miles total of, of, of side collection, side distribution. Oh, I'm using God. Terms, but yeah, but maybe like little three-inch lines coming off. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, in a three-mile, in about a three- Three square mile uh, radius that just took it everything out. Oh my god! There were, let's see. Oh boy, there were uh, some some of the trenches after the water subsided, mm-hmm. twenty feet deep. Oh yeah, did, did, did not take any out any house house foundations. Took out chimneys, took out stoops. Uh, okay. Twenty three thousand people uh, were disrupted in their service. 
Uh, yeah. 1,800 people had to be evacuated immediately. And then all those people that were disrupting their service, I'm pretty sure there were some that were awake that were just disrupted. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they said, they said that's why, uh, why no one died and what happened, nothing happened was because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, everybody was, you know, in bed or like those, like those two ladies were very mm-hmm. lucky in their car just yeah. going to work. Uh, but again, it was early enough that it either everybody was still asleep or yeah. already on the road to work or something. Um, there's four people for sure I can probably say added to the sewage problem that happened right then. <laughs> uh, yes. But it was very localized right. for each individual person. <laughs> right. The, uh, but you have to understand, how again, what, what the amount of hexane that got in mm-hmm. was described as either hundreds or thousands of gallons. There was no act. What's interesting is it had been building up for a while. Well, actually, been building up since that night, since probably four a.m. Because they, Ralston apparently found the problem the night before. Had an Mm -hmm. inspector come. Inspector didn't find anything wrong. It was all gone. Yeah, it was all gone. (laughs) It was out in the lines already. Uh, Yeah, that's what happens. but the police no, evacuated. No, no, that, yeah, they had, it looks fine <laughs> to me. Let's go that, back that, to the cat food. That happens more than you want to think. Uh, uh, Lord. The police evacuated downtown schools uh, and an oil refinery. Imagine that. Oh my. Uh, but the oh oh wow that I just had that thought. Oh yeah, those mental pictures are not ones you want to have <laughs> because I kind of have an idea of where those are. And, oh, you don't want to have that picture because, wow, let's talk about taking out half of Louisville right, right there. Right. Yeah, the uh, – but rem- remember, this started at, like, what was it, 5, 16 a.m.? Uh-huh. At, did not end until th- – the, 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 the danger did not end until 3.45 p.m. that evening when, when a manhole cover – it's second and Burning Avenue popped off. Oh my God! I don't, I don't know if it like flew up in the air and went because these things are these manhole covers are heavy. They are really it's not, heavy. It's not like Ninja Turtles where you can just yank them off the ground and throw uh, them like a frisbee. You I, know that, I, that, I, that, I, yeah, I was it an actual to, pressure or was it like uh, uh, another spark? And it may have been pressure, maybe a spark. I, I could not find any real good uh, uh, description of it, but it, it popped a manhole cover up. That's a pretty horrible thought, <laughs> right? But uh, uh, but again, the. Uh, and more sewage from individuals nearby. Right. They well, yeah. Well, they had yes. to. Well, they had to tell people to again evacuate people. But but yeah, that was a problem. Is that sewage kept collecting? It got about three feet deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they had to bring in national guard again to evacuate people, but also to start working on it. Uh, they uh, brought in giant blocks of restroom deodorant, which I've actually used before in certain scenarios. <laughs> I won't even go into that. Oh, yeah, they're giant. Uh, well, they're not giant, giant. They're about the... Uh, no, the fact that you've used them, I mean... Well, I had to, I've had to put them in... I've had to put them in... Uh, in Your bathroom? Certain, no. Okay. In my, in the, in my job. Uh, <laughs> for odor problems. You, you sometimes you stick them in a manhole. But apparently, I imagine they just had like a big... Just a bunch of them, you know. I was, yeah, they you'd didn't have do, to. They didn't do anything. So, so who, oh no, they did not do anything. And they never do. That was a no. real shit job day too. I've had those. Uh, <laughs> I was actually down. I was actually in a man. Yeah, but you voluntarily <laughs> take those jobs, right? I'm the one to get down in there. Uh, oh dear lord. Get you some. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the uh, this is why I drink. Put on the waiters. It's getting deep in here. <laughs> It, Definitely why I drink. The total the damage. correspondent right there. <laughs> <laughs> the total damage in 1981 dollars was mm-hmm. estimated at 30 million, which in today's dollars uh, was about 80 million. Oh, dear. Yeah. Consi- considering, uh, again, I'm not really collection or distribution, which mm-hmm. is collection being sewer collection, water distribution being water distribution. <laughs> you give it out to people. <laughs> but it, yeah, uh, it's about $300 a foot delay line. Ugh. That's yeah. So when they talk when they talk about millions, like in, in Flint, it being fifty five million dollars to to do all the lines, mm-hmm. it's because it's three hundred dollars a linear foot. That's interesting that you mentioned Flint because I was just thinking, I wonder which one's considered worse, Flint's water or sewage explosions. Well, that, that's a whole other hour long conversation. Yes, yep. which because I have an answer to it, but it's another hour long conversation. Right. Ooh, right. Uh, episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, Purina, Ralston Purina, uh, they only paid uh, sixty two hundred dollars in uh, in fines. They paid out eight million. They ended up paying out eight million to Louisville, 
their municipal sewer department in 1984. That's shameful. Yes, and they paid up uh, about almost nine million to other to other various government agencies and private landowners because people got displaced. Like I said, this was oh, yeah, a, they did. This was a poor uh, people either moved up to the to the burbs or just gone. I don't know. Right. Again, poor poor neighborhood. They're not coming back. Is no. Ralston Purina still out there? Well, we know Purina is. I don't know. I don't how how everything changes. You know, things get bought out and it becomes different things. I do know. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's noted that Ralston Purina used two million dollars in city industrial bonds to repair the soybean plant in 1983, and they mm-hmm. sold it in 1984. Of course, they did. Yes. Those sons of bitches. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a uh, so. That's how that went down. The uh, and, and again. Uh, that that really is a nightmare for me because oh uh, god, well, I mean that's uh, a nightmare for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I everyone think for involved. everybody sitting at this table, that it's a horrifying thought. I mean, when you start getting into, I mean, just just the for you, mm-hmm. it, it's an industrial thing because you're you're looking at just from the the sheer point of view of this is what you do for a living, and the thought of. Of the industrial accident, so to speak, and then the cleanup and just... Well, they got off easy because uh, in Guadalajara, Mexico, mm-hmm. several years ago, mm-hmm. there there was a gasoline seepage in the sewer and it yeah. killed 245 people. Oh, right. yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, so... And these things happen. Mm-hmm. And again, you'll see... They do. And you got to watch. You, you got to watch industry. You got to especially... You do. And oddly enough, of course, Guadalajara was uh, uh, gasoline, but it's... Uh, it's really any uh, you carbonation biological oxygen demand. You put down any uh, organic chemical down into the sewer. Mm-hmm. It's going. It's going to start breaking down and creating vapors and gas, and it's going to. It's going to pop something. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Union Carbide in India. Mm-hmm. That whole oh, disaster. Yeah. That was yeah. horrible, and they're still killing people over there. You know, remember with that? that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's still ongoing. I mean, there's. All over the world, mm-hmm. these things happen, and I don't know. It just seems like it seems like I don't know. We just don't notice until it's in our own backyard. Yeah, and there's an there's an immense amount of uh, regulation mm-hmm. of inspection, but but it, it gets by you. Uh, there is a when I go to class to get my continuing education mm-hmm. hours. There, there's a story they like to talk about I, again. Uh, it wasn't in Louisville. I think it was near Frankfurt. A uh, tomato cannery mm-hmm. was dumping t- processed tomato seeds and everything just down in the sewer. Mm-hmm. Gave it long enough. It cooked and it uh, it, it outgassed and it blew it up. Ferments. It, yeah, ferment and blew blew two city blocks. Good lord! Well, not uh, the length of two city blocks. Right. I mean, it was just, it was just a small sewer main. So it. Right. I think I think it. Met, I think the problem was that it ruined some brand new cobblestone. But uh, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't find any documentation on that, but that's one I always hear about. Right. Well, you'd think the yards in Louisville had, uh, were well fertilized after that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, you know, a real bitch to clean your car. Yeah, that. From what I've read, that uh, that uh, really uh, kickstarted uh, industrial regulation about discharging. Yeah, somehow that doesn't surprise me. And what's funny is that uh, is that. The Ralston Purina, they they uh, pled guilty to to I think at least four different uh, violations, mm-hmm. but they still won't take uh, take responsibility for negligence. Of course they won't. So you know, again, fuck you. I do what I want. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so is hexane still used? Hexane's used in everything. Uh, I went down kind of a rabbit hole looking at hexane. Again, it's it's uh, it's real simple. It's like six carbon molecules. It's a mm-hmm. zigzag. And it's uh, used still for soybeans. It's used in uh, cleaning metal. It's uh, uh, there were uh, Chinese workers that were m- may have been made ill by hexane in making uh, iPhones and iPods. Basically, uh, I remember reading about that a few years ago. Uh, yeah, it, it and it's largely unregulated. It's not considered a carcinogen, right? Yeah, you know, but it's a uh, it's controversial. Is what I read. Oh yeah, <laughs> somehow that doesn't surprise me. Hmm. So, and you've got a story for us, don't you? Well, yes, because you know I I have spent my twenty dollars and become a member of the Hopkins County Historical Society. Which, if you are interested in doing research uh, 
let me tell you, the historical society is your best bet if you want to know everything there is to know. Because the nice people there, they will tell you stories. Oh, boy. So I walked in. So plenty of podcast material there. Oh, you better believe it. I walked in. And Miss Bowman was very, very nice. And I said, so I've heard about the Hopkins County Varmint. She said, let me show you something. Mm. And she walks me over to the shelf, and she pulls down this little card. And it's it's a Hopkins County Varmint Hunters Association. And I have, uh, because they did it in the, the 2009 yearbook. And it says... Where is? Oh, here it is. And I want to say I'm very impressed by the fact you will actually go out and do real research. Everything oh, I, I love did, research. Everything is I just the did. Best. Everything I just did was uh, on the internet <laughs> last night. <laughs> well, I'm right now. I'm reading the Cornbread Mafia, and we will talk about that in a future podcast because I'm really getting into this because this is fascinating. But the Hopkins County Varmint Hunters Club. It's uh, okay. It, the little card says, this is to certify that, and it has a blank for the name, has fulfilled the requirements, is a member in good standing in the Varmint Hunters Association of Madisonville and Hopkins County, Kentucky. Member status, hunter, seer, shooter at her. <laughs> <laughs> so did you fill one out? Are you certifiable now? Oh, no. I was certifiable a long time ago because I married you. And when you said I do. Uh, well, yes. I mean, that was kind of a thing. So, this started back in... Let me find where this starts. Here we go. It was the 50s, wasn't it? It was the 50s. Because uh, in December 27, 1951, hmm. in an article in the Madisonville Messenger uh, by Edgar Arnold Jr., it reads, Nighttime visits from strange animal worries folks near Dawson. Folks, mind you, because that's how we are. Folks in the area about three miles northeast of Dawson Springs are a bit skittish about being out at night and with good reason. At least three families have been visited by a wild animal believed to be a wildcat. The cat has been heard at least once, seen dimly on a dark night once, and has left its claw marks on four trees in four separate nighttime visits since early in November. The last report of a strange animal, believed to be the same cat, was one heard in Dawson Springs by an unidentified man who told of seeing a long, slim, dark animal with a long tail cross State Highway 12 in the southern section, north of the area where the cat was first reported only last Saturday night. Apparently, the cat's first visit was to the home of George Eads, who lives on U.S. Highway 62, three miles northeast of Dawson Springs. This was approximately six weeks ago, Mrs. Eads says, and the claw marks on a box elder tree in the Eads' front yard as evidence of the critter's visit. Next evidence of the big cat possibly, on the same night he clawed up the Eads' tree, was a visit to the home of Elvis Fugate, less than a half mile west of the Eads's. Mrs. Fugate yesterday described her encounter with the cat as follows. At about 10.30 on the night of November 14, she was waiting for her husband to return home from work when her dog set up a terrific racket, barking, snarling, and straining of the chain which held him to the front porch. She went to the front door, looked down the long lane which leads from the Fugate home to U.S. 62, and saw a big black animal coming up the lane, snorting like a horse. She yelled at the animal several times in an attempt to scare him off, but he just kept coming toward the house. She ran and got her husband's twenty-two caliber pistol and rushed back to the door, finding the animal in her yard, and fired one shot at it. With this, the animal ran back down the lane, apparently unhurt. Following Mrs. Fugate's encounter, the animal apparently took a liking to the area around the home of Roy Hunt, about one-half mile south of the Fugates. Hunt has apparently received at least three visits from the animal. On the night of Sunday, December 2nd, two elm trees near a pond on Hunt's farm were scratched up and showed claw marks similar to those on the Eads' tree. Hunt found the claw marks the following morning. On the following Sunday morning, Hunt found a small patch of claw marks in an apple tree near the rear of the home. 
The bark had been stripped from the tree and the mark showed plainly in the tree itself. Three nights later, the animal made his third visit to Hunt's clawing off the bark on the same apple tree over an area covering half the circumference of the tree and for a length of more than 12 inches. I don't think he likes the Hunt's trees. Hmm. I think he's a little mad. (laughs) Well, you would be too after getting fired at. I know. I'd have been a little bit. Oh, she was coming to play with the dog. You saw a nice, friendly dog. In all of the tree clawing cases, the marks ranged from three to four and one half feet above the ground. Apparently, the animal was sharpening his claws on the tree, as cats are known to do. Well, yeah, cats do that. That's kind of a thing. Our cats just do it on me. Hmm. Well, yeah. Your cat does it on me, too. She does it on me. Yeah, she does it on me, too. What's she doing right now? <laughs> She's watching us, I'm sure. Mr. and Mrs. Hunt, who are the parents of Vion Hunt of 234 Spring Lake Street, Madisonville, also heard a strange sound from the woods one night recently. They described the sound as a low whistling sound, like the sound made by someone blowing in a barrel. Now, what in the hell? D- the, s- the sound made by someone blow Who blows in a barrel? And what in the hell does that would, sound like? I would think like? it'd sound something kind of like when you blow across the top of a bottle, but a little deeper, and you really have to have some lung capacity. And right. once again, who in the hell blows in a barrel? Or wind, wind going over a 55-gallon drum or something. I suppose. I mean, rain drums. But I mean, when like someone blowing in a barrel, I'm like, who in the hell blows in a barrel? Obviously, Bigfoot vocalizations. <laughs> I'm also the color commentator, and I've been keeping my mouth shut through most of her reading because I'm really, really, yeah, he's been staring over and giving me the stink eye. But it it does bring up a good point because as we get deeper in this, this is. I want to make comments. Yeah, this is a classic alien big cat. Uh, Alien is in anomalous or uh, a large cat that's in an area Mm -hmm. where it shouldn't be. Uh, unexplained. Yeah, big cat panic, as they're called. But keep right. going. Yeah. The hunt said that since the animal began to leave signs in the area, they have studied up on wildcats. They said one sound of a mountain lion, as described in a reference book, was a low whistling sound. So far, there have been no there have been no efforts to track down the animal, but folks in the area are uneasy anytime they see or hear anything. Now, I grew up in California, <laughs> where we have mountain lions. Yeah. I've had a mountain lion yeah. like. Three feet from me before, and it didn't whistle at me at all. <laughs> Maybe it didn't find me attractive. I was about to hmm. say, it didn't cat call you. It, yeah, it, to it, it was chasing my cat at the time, and wow. it wasn't cat calling anything. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm done with that portion. <laughs> yeah, since you were doing the Mal Reynolds thing, the, uh, I, I, I'm, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt you soon. That's what that means. Um, Hunt has found several hairs the animal left on a fence gate as he crawled under it to get to the apple tree. The gate is only five inches above the ground. Love and there was them apples. And there was evidence of the cat trying to climb the gate before clawing under it. He lost the hairs but stated they were a reddish gray in color and mm. about two inches long. Reference books describe the American wildcat or bobcat as being of a yellowish brown color tinged with red and spotted with dark brown or black. It is easy to believe that the hare's hunt found could have come from the back of such a cat. There have been no recent reports of any farm animals missing, but Hunt says the nearby woods have an abundance of rabbit or other small game on which a wildcat could feed. Now this goes on. These articles date until 1952. Hmm. Now, the photograph that precedes this was taken by an employee of the Kentucky Reclamation Association in 1955 on the Badgett Mine Stripping site at Fort Ridge. That's a black bear. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try and get that photo. Uh, we, we have a Facebook that we'll that we'll talk yes. about later. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll endeavor to get that scanned because it's already a Xerox of a, right. of a of a black and white photo. But yeah, even as you hold it a further away from me, that's a black bear. Uh, hell yes, that, it, it is. That is a classic black bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, now, all of us untrained eyes just looked at it, and the first time we first saw it, all all of us said the same thing. Well, that's a bear. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bear. That's definitely a bar. <laughs> that's a bear. <laughs> with my with my. Uh, my expertise in bears being only for movies, but, the, but, but that, <laughs> I've had that's no, a black bear. No I mean, that, that's that, that's kind of it's kind of from a, a, a up, taking a picture, uh, for, uh, not quite overhead. The news, 
we used to live in California and, you know, yeah. bears in California that would go for a swim in somebody's pool and, you know, they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to swim in your pool. And, and you know, homeowners, homeowners are flipping out. Mm-hmm. And so eventually somebody, you know, the bear climbs out and, you know, animal control tranks the bear and they and they, they take the bear off and they release it back into the wild. And the bear wakes up and they're like, yeah, Whoa, that was dude. some party. It was dude. Al- it was an alien abduction. <laughs> I've got a- George, they- make him stop telling that story to the Cubs. <laughs> they probed me. <laughs> what is this on my ear? Margaret, what is this on my ear? It's beeping, Margaret. <laughs> but I got a nifty tattoo out of it all. Right. <laughs> well, I think we may have. All right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, from this period, my mother uh, talks about how you know, there was a panic on, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the kids weren't allowed to play out in the woods by mm-hmm. themselves. Miss <laughs> Bowman told me that, you know, when she was a child in the 50s, that, you know, there were woods behind their house, and, the, and her parents wouldn't let them play out in the woods because of the Hopkins County Varmint, because they didn't know what it was. They were concerned that it was a big cat, or, you know, it could be a bear. They didn't know what it was. Now, my mom told me, that during this time period, my granddad told her, and let's get something straight here. My granddad was not an alcoholic. He did not have a head injury. Okay. He was not a fantasist. He was not. He not was, a fabulist. No, he was not a liar. He, If he told you what he saw, then that was what he saw. Mm-hmm. And he told them that he saw a cougar. And when he said a cougar, he meant a mountain lion. Yeah. Now, in this area, there used to be mountain lions. Yes. And, you know, a plethora of bobcats and bears, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that picture there, that was 1955, and that's a bear. He's even got that kind of pigeon-toed bear thing going on with his front legs. Now, I mean, when they describe, you know, the the big black creature snorting like a horse, that sounds like a bear. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's kind of what they do. That, you know, they, they snort Maybe he puff. just had a cold. Or, or literally... Oh, my God. Or literally any, anything. It could have been anything. It was when you're scared, mm-hmm. things in the dark sound bad. Yeah, yes, they yeah. do, you know. But yeah, this, this, I mean, it could have been their neighbor's bull. Right. There was a well. There <laughs> could have was, been a horse. Yeah, it could have been a horse. Could have been a horse. Yeah, a bad horse. <laughs> there, uh, quite recently, it was a two twenty fourteen. There was uh, supposedly a video of a of a mountain lion in California going down uh, the main street of a little town, and what it was actually was because mm-hmm. uh, everybody. Well, that's obviously a cat. Look at the way it's moving. It was a golden retriever. Somebody's mm-hmm. somebody's dog, but it was played at. At a uh, one half speed, right? And they're they look just like dogs look just like cats when they move real slow like that. It's real interesting. But yeah, I mean, I, this is kind of, again this is kind of a weird thing I've always read about with the again alien big cat phenomenon. Uh, they call also British big cats because right Britain uh, like the Exor beast, Exmoor beast. Yeah, yeah. And you talk about a panic, the Exmoor beast uh, again, which is just like this. Now, if you were British and big cats are not known to right. live in, in, on your little island, mm. and you are hearing reports of this big cat, you know, running around eating sheep, you're going to freak out. I mean, yeah. that's just all there is to it. I'm sorry, but that's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, really. And of course, the British are a little different anyway. Well, cat. I mean, cats are. Just a little. I mean, big cats like that—they—they they, they do elicit a certain fear in a human. It's just a deep primate fear of big cats. Well, that's because they are apex predators. Yes, they are. And they've got something. When they get teeth as big as your finger, right. yeah, I mean, you yeah, think there's something to fear. I, yeah, people, and let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, primates know to fear those big cats, mm-hmm. those big jungle cats, because they know that even though primates are also apex predators. Those jungle cats can take them out. That's correct. They ain't no dumb monkey. Uh uh-uh. uh. But yeah, but it's real. I, I I read so much about alien cats. I they are so numerous. Mm-hmm. You really can't talk about any one of them because no. they're so. Uh, just a March of last year, uh, in South Carolina, someone reported seeing two lions in a field eating a horse, and it locked down a school. Right. Yeah. Granted, there was a there was a big cat sanctuary nearby. Right. But. 
all the kitties were accounted for. Right. But people so. see these things constantly. They're uh, again, uh, they're most numerous uh, in in uh, Britain mm-hmm. uh, and in uh, all the Australia. Australia, right. uh, especially around Victoria, uh, but there that does come from a culture of where people did were bringing in all. I mean, they brought in rabbits. They brought in everything. Yeah. But because uh, some homesick yeah. pommy wanted a damn rabbit, and then, well, look where that got him. Mm-hmm. But but again, but again, the uh, it, the the reason the varmint is always fascinating because mm-hmm. it, it adheres so well. Two big cat panics. Oh yeah, you know there's there's that initial sighting, then it just kind of spins out of control. There were there were people there were posses, weren't there? There were. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean they have. I mean there's you know bear or panther. Let's see. Well, you realize that this big cat sighting back or whatever the varmint sighting back mm-hmm. in the early fifties. It, it's typical Kentucky, mm-hmm. very typical typical Kentucky, and it's fuck you and do what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, January 7, 1952, find a half-eaten hog where varmint seen. The first report of livestock destruction by the mysterious varmint of South Hopkins County came to light over the weekend where the remains of a hog car- when the remains of a hog carcass were found near where the varmint was last seen. The following encounter, which Mr. and Mrs. Lawrence Payne of Wayside Grove, north of Dawson Springs, had with the animal Friday afternoon, Payne, Roy Hunt, and George Eads discovered the carcass Saturday morning. Those names ought to sound familiar to you because those were the people who first reported mm. uh, run-ins with the Hopkins County varmint. It was found within a few feet of the spot where the Paynes first saw the varmint in the woods behind their home. They hung the carcass on a tree and left it Sunday morning. They returned to inspect it and found it had been pulled from the tree and dragged several feet away. A nearby tree bore numerous claw marks. Mm. Meanwhile, it was reported that the varmint has recently left excuse me, numerous claw marks on an elm tree near the home of Polk Barton, who lives near Highway 109, about a mile and a half west of the varmint's usual haunt. So, um, although there has been no report of any hogs or other livestock missing in the Menser neighborhood, where the varmint has been leaving his sign for almost two months, there was enough of the carcass left to positively identify it as that of a hog. Messenger photographer John J. Martin, who snapped a picture of the carcass Sunday, said it was approximately four feet long and in places still contained about two inches of fat and hide. Remaining was the backbone, several ribs, and the hide. Hair on the hide was still tight, indicating that it had been killed recently. The insides, head, and legs were missing, apparently devoured. In pulling down the carcass Saturday night, the varmint had to reach about five feet off the ground, and claw marks on the nearby tree were also about five feet from the ground. Illinois has one, too. Roy Hunt, whose farm is less than a half mile south of Paines, has found evidence of the animal several times, the main evidence being claw marks on an apple tree behind his house. George Eads found the first evidence of the varmint about the middle of November when he found a box elder tree. Uh, in his front yard, clawed up. Hopkins County has no monopoly on varmints. A story from Grandview, Illinois, in the Chicago Sunday Tribune tells of a posse of 150 farmers in Edgar County, Illinois, beating the bushes Saturday for a wild animal which has destroyed a calf, eight sheep, and a pig in recent weeks. Apparently, the hunt for the Illinois varmint was about as fruitless as efforts in the Menser community have been. According to the Tribune article, no one is quite sure of the varmint's identity. It has been variously described as a wildcat, black jaguar, a terrible-looking cat, mm. a cougar, and lions. Some believe there are two of the critters' possible ma- possible mates. One farmer who has lost eight sheep to the predator described as looking like a jaguar and estimated the weight at 200 pounds. Sounds to me like they had a cereal varmint. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Again, it could be... Uh Travels up the highway. Yeah. Well, number one, uh, when you, you know people don't realize just what happens to it after an animal gets killed. Mm-hmm. You know what happens to it. I mean, you got the, the initial predator taking it out. Then you have dogs and birds and vultures, and it does strange. It actually kind of ties into uh, the classic uh, cattle mutilation. Mm-hmm. People don't realize what uh, what first uh, a big cat or a wolf will do. Oh yeah, and then what the vultures will do, and then what you know everything else does to it. And it does strange things to the body. Uh, most of the time, dogs. Oh yeah. Again, looking at, again looking into all the uh, the big cat 
stuff, I've, uh, uh, Alien Big Cat stuff I've read, it always almost always turns out to be the farmer's dog that's doing all the killing. I want to. Yeah. And let's see. January 10, 1952, large posse slated to hunt varmint Sunday. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sure that turned out well. Oh. Uh, January 14, 1952, Warden's Cut Hunt Crowd. Posse misses varmint wolf seen to the north. Wolf is in quotation marks. While a posse of approximately 100 heavily armed hunters beat the bushes near the Menser community of South Hopkins County Sunday for a varmint that has been reported in the area for two months, the critter was apparently several miles from the area. It was reported today that two men not connected with the hunt encountered the varmint, which they believed to be a timber wolf between Carbondale and Ilsley at 11.15 Sunday morning. That didn't happen to be Dick Cheney and his hunting partner, was it? (laughs) About five hours later, an Evansville, Indiana man and his wife reportedly saw the varmint cross Highway 112 in front of their car in the same vicinity. This area is about four or five miles northeast of the area scoured by the posse. These two reports added considerable weight to the previous series that the critter is a timber wolf. Previous to this, the varmint had been believed to be some type of large cat. Hmm. And again, the uh, that that kind of ties into uh, uh, the panic stuff is that they start seeing everything. Uh, mm-hmm. This just occurred to me; I should look at it more. But if you ever want to look into something real interesting, the wolf panics in France around uh, I just want to say the seventeen hundreds. Oh yes, when they were terrified of werewolves. Yeah, exactly, all that stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. the, the wolf panic. Werewolves uh, well, in London. Right. Well, we're, well, you have no idea. More like werewolves I mean, it in just, Paris. It gets but, uh, really weird. An American werewolf in Paris. Oh lord, <laughs> that was a good movie. Actually. It was <laughs> it a was. decent I movie. Lo- I like practical special effects. I like air bladders and little blood squibs. Uh, <laughs> it's like going on that tangent. Uh, but uh, the uh, uh, but again, uh, I, I, I almost can't explain it because they they always meet. They meet this formula. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it really, I was, just, I was almost like, we have our own big cat panic right here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I don't have to read about it. And they, you know, like again, the Beast of Exmoor, or or the uh, the Victoria Province in Australia. Right. Um, we have our own classic big. Pa- oh yeah. You know. Well, I mean, it's it's the the big cat panic and the wolf panic. I mean, hey, it's it's all wrapped up into one. Though some of them, I mean. Again, I mean, we didn't start freaking out that we had a werewolf on the loose, right, but, you know, right. we were, I mean... Uh, it's no bunny man. No, no, no. I mean, identified as well. Some of the game wardens in the vicinity have expressed a sarcastic skepticism. <laughs> there, I did, the, the, uh, of course, you found so much more than I did, oh, but the, yeah. one, the one newspaper I could find from the time, mm-hmm. it was a, uh, Google's archiving just any newspaper they can, Oh yeah. and I found an article from the 50s from the Kentucky New Era where it was it towards the tail end of this, and it, there was a uh, a game warden that just kind of brushed it off and said it was a black legged fox, right? Which is kind of saying swamp gas, really. Oh yeah. You know? Let's see uh, about reports of the varmint. Much to the irritation of residents of the Menser area, particularly those who actually encountered the critter. Meanwhile, two encounters with the varmint yesterday were reported as follows: at eleven fifteen a.m. Isaac Parker, Ilsley, and Sheep Lamb of the White Schoolhouse neighborhood near Dawson were driving up a side road of Highway 112 between Carbondale and Ilsley. When they caught sight of the varmint, they reportedly got a good look at the animal from a distance of about 25 yards and said it was dark gray and ran very fast. They believe it to be a timber wolf. They salvaged several of the animal's tracks and compared them with tracks found in the Metzer community, labeling them as identical. Between 4 and 4.30 Sunday afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. Bernie Ozenbaugh of Evansville, Indiana, traveling north on Highway 112 in the same vicinity, reportedly saw a large, dark animal with a bushy tail run across the road in front of their car. He was moving fast, they stated. Mr. and Mrs. Ozenbaugh, former residents of Dawson Springs, had been been visiting... slow. He'd been... Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Oh, he could have had a body to examine. (laughs) Had been visiting in Hopkins County and were en route back to Evansville at the time. So... Everybody got their I Saw the Varmint t-shirts, right? Oh, yeah. Was there any merch at the time? Was there any... uh um, Like I said, there was the little card, but I don't think there was any merch at the time. And, of course, you've got the... The, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a picture of that, too. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little, uh, a little. Political, political cartoon. Uh-huh. That's funny. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, I got my fingers crossed. We can find like a folk song, you know, some popular folk. I know yeah. that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I I love all this cryptozoology stuff, and it's just mm-hmm. uh, ooh, here we go. What's that? January 19, 1952, sixty pound pigs slain by animal at Southerns. Hmm. The first report of any livestock destruction in the southwest Hopkins County, where a mysterious varmint has been reported loose for more than two months, has come to light today. Uh, Herbert Hub Gamblin of the Southern Community reported a pig attacked and killed by an unidentified animal early Friday morning. Uh, late last night, the pig's carcass was reported to have been devoured further, and this morning the whole carcass had disappeared. Gamblin, a turnkey at Hopkins County Jail here, gave this account today of the incident. Turnkey. I remember Never knew we were called turnkeys. Deputies, yes. Turnkeys, no. That's an older term, I believe. Yeah, because all they did was turn a key. <laughs> You're out. You're in. Yep. At about 5 a.m. Friday, Gamblin was preparing pig food for his sow and 12 pigs. When he heard one pig give a loud squeal, he paid little attention to the squeal. But five or six minutes later, he went to the pig pen to feed them and found one pounds about dead. He said the shoat's hide and flesh were torn from the left side of its neck around to the jaw, and a hole more than two inches in diameter went deep into the jugular vein. The pig was still warm when he examined it, he said, and he believes that this approach to the pen ran off the pig's slayer. There was no blood around the pig, he said, and he believed that the blood had been drained. Neighbors who later examined the carcass, however, said there was considerable blood around it where Gamlin threw it over the fence into a nearby field. Gamlin stated his dog chased something away from the pig pen twice in a short time after the attack on the pig. He returned to work at Madisonville before full daylight, he said, having made no search for tracks around the pen. Hmm. Today, a concerned citizen. Oh, yeah. Today, neighbors of Gamlin's, including Martin Myers, made a search for tracks but found some, re- uh, but found some resembling those attributed to the varmint. However, Myers reported that the ground in the area was hard. Gamlin stated that the prevalence of hard clay soil in the area was one reason he made no search for tracks. Oh my! I can't imagine a bear doing it to a pig, though. I, again, no. again, none of us are experts. I mean, uh, and I just keep thinking, don't don't big cats, and this may just be cheetahs, but mm-hmm. don't big cats don't they take their prey into trees? I well, yes, yeah, some do. Yeah. Some do. Don't they t- lift them up? Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it, right. it all depends. But again, you know, uh, I don't know. It's their version of Tupperware. It could be three. It, yeah, it could be three or. <laughs> this could be three or four things. I mean, this could be Seal dogs. For it, could, it could be. And again, they. Um, my brother, uh, my older brother Neil, he he claims to have uh, of sighted a black panther, mm-hmm. uh, a, some kind of large black cat, uh, in, uh, in slaughters uh, through the scope of a rifle that he was out helping. Uh, according to him, I, I don't want to misattribute him, but he was uh, dating a girl in slaughters and uh, got kind of got roped into trying to find out what was killing their livestock right and he saw a panther through the scope of a rifle well at least not wasn't across a river <laughs> call back oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no it's just i mean yeah. and the farther they go it's like let's see five toed tracks slick tail add to mystery oh yeah, yeah the, well, yeah. the varmint mystery deepened today with uh Descriptions of strange animals which do not coincide with descriptions of the varmint which has been prowling various sections of Hopkins County since early November. In one case, the latest report came from a couple who previously reported seeing the varmint. Another report told of large five-toed tracks. Mr. and Mrs. Lawrence J. Payne of the Menser community north of Dawson Springs reported seeing another strange animal on two occasions last week. They reported the varmint on the afternoon of January 4, while the animal was still report- reported roaming the Menser community. This community is the location of first reports of the varmint. Mr. and Mrs. Payne reported that the last Tuesday afternoon, Mrs. Payne saw a black animal with a slick tail about the size of a collie dog on the hill behind their home. He was just going out on a date. He had his pomade on. He was <laughs> he was slicked up. He was ready for some time. And Well, it was the 50s. I mean, yeah. everybody yeah. was wearing pomade. Do. Yeah, that's do. right. Yeah. Uh, Here come these people just interrupting everything like they normally mm. do. <laughs> she summoned her husband, but by the time he came in from in front of the house, the animal was gone. The next afternoon, the animal reappeared and was headed toward the Payne home when it was discovered. Mr. Payne shot at it with a shotgun, report said, but it is not known whether he hit the animal or not. The animal had a flat, broad face, Mrs. Payne said. Flat, broad. That sounds like a pug. Ran into a wall, it sounds like. Probably hit the ugly tree all the way down. 
the animal left no identifiable tracks in the weed field through which he was traveling. But its wallet was found. Shortly before midnight on the night of February 10, Robert Cates of Hanson Route 2 reportedly saw a large black animal with a slick tail on Highway 112 near Southard's Missionary Baptist Church. Other reports of the varmint describe him as having a bushy tail. Meanwhile, a second report of the varmint at White Plains came to light. Kermit Loveless of White Plains reports that Chesley Vanover of Concord Road encountered a large black animal with a big, ugly head and a bushy tail hmm. near his home early in the morning last Friday. Loveless also reported that big tracks were found near the home of C.C. Herring, where a pig disappeared on the night of February 11th, were five toed tracks, tracks of the varmint, which a number of persons have been hunting for two months are five-toed tracks. I guess no one took pictures of the tracks? Um, the only pictures of, are, of tracks that I saw... Where are they? Because they are in here. Ah, here it is. Oh, look at that. Uh, one of Sketch a, of the tracks. And that's what toe, they look like. That's a paw pad. Yeah. That's a paw pad. That's a heel. That's a four-toed. That's a four-toed. Of course, the f the fifth would be like back on, a, on an animal, oh. back up towards. Yeah, it'd be a uh, Duclaw. Farming hunters. Yeah, yeah. farming yeah. hunters. Hosting. That's what she. Yeah, that's Kevin what Miss showed me. Yeah, the, the, the certificate. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'd love to find out if they're ever because these things when they start petering out, that's mm -hmm. when you get the crazy paranormal stories. Oh, I know. Where the critter was in my window talking to me, telling me about my lottery numbers. I know it. And Jesus, you know, uh, uh, real. Uh, Real Mothman stuff, but uh, I guess it kind of petered out before that could happen. I really think it did. I mean, it kind of lasted between 1951 and looks like 1952, and after that, it kind of went on. Um, now, Miss Bowman was telling me that you know this was the early 50s, and that picture of the bears from 1955. Mm. Now, so this is kind of post panic. This is post panic. Now. I have heard reports that uh, there have been sightings of bear mm -hmm. down at Land Between the Lakes. That oh, the yeah, bear yeah, is starting they're, to make, yeah, they're, they're starting to make a comeback, which is good. What are we looking at? Oh, this one's great. I got I got to read this one. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, titled "The Death of Varmint Brings Tears." Oh, so no. we have the death of the varmint. Miss Dorothy Janice Roberts, the Times-Johnson Island correspondent, reported yesterday that while her neighbor was at the barn feeding his stock the other night, he saw a strange-looking animal. He became frightened and went to the house and got his shotgun. On return, he shot and killed the strange animal. After he had killed it, he saw what it was. It was his wife's big black pet cat. <laughs> he thought surely he had killed the varmint. Now he is standing holding his wife while she weeps over the grave of her pet cat. Oh, no. I'm sorry, but that's so humorous. That's what happens. I mean, that's. I mean, that's. Uh, if you uh, shot my cat, I'd whip your ass. Which one? <laughs> which one of them? Well, the big black one would be Vashta. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that, I'd have to kill you. And again, I am a skeptic. <laughs> I am a skeptic, and oh and, yeah, but I never, I never, I never say people are lying. Because right. uh, I have another. When we do the Bigfoot episode, I have a story about a report that was made to me in an official manner. Oh when I, yeah. When I was working for the city, but I can't wait for you to tell that oh, one because God, that's yeah. that's such an unnerving story. Right. It's but, it really is. But you know, when you see things in a certain state of mind mm -hmm. in the dark, oh yeah, or you're not expecting it, your your brain is going to interpret it a certain way. It's the brain would rather your evolution. Your brain would rather you see a tiger in the mm -hmm. weeds and be wrong. About there being, then, then they're, you know, then they're being a tiger and you not notice. Right. It's better, it's better, the pareidolia is better to see what's not there. Exactly. And survive than, than not, than not see what is there. Right. And, and because I, our little, our little lizard hind brain mm -hmm. is going, uh, you don't want to be, you don't want to be wrong. It's better to assume that it is. And when you see it, it scares you. I mean, you've, oh, had a, yeah. you've, had a real, you've had a real scary experience. I had a, the closest, again, I've never, for all this, for all of my, Love of reading about Bigfoot and mm -hmm. aliens and ghosts. I've never seen anything. And uh, the closest I ever came was, again, I was at work. And I had gone down to the Tradewater River. Mm -hmm. I, was in, I was looking at the uh, river pump house to make sure it hadn't flooded. And I took a minute in the truck to sit there and enjoy the, the day for a minute. And I looked out across the river, and I saw the strangest thing. Got the telescope? 
No, not quite that long. No, if, if that happened across, if that you wouldn't need a telescope to look across the trade water. Almost low enough, you'd almost walk across it. Binoculars. Binoculars. Yeah. Uh, God. Uh, <laughs> Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> what I, I saw something so bizarre, so absolutely, my, my brain knew it was organic. Collins? Mm-hmm. Not Collins. <laughs> it was long and skinny. It. it ended up being long and skinny with a beautiful long neck like Collins. But <laughs> God, what's wrong with us? Oh, yes. Lots of things. Right. But what it was, it was a crane. We have a lot of cranes around here. And there's mm-hmm. a thing where they fold, I guess where they stretch, and they fold, and mm-hmm. they get these weird little boxes out of their upper body. Oh, yeah. I did not even know. I did not know what it was. I stared at it, stared at it, and stared at it. Did not under, like, oh, what am I looking at? Like, And, and then it, it went... Did un- un- origamied itself? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a crane. They can do that. But, uh, but yeah, I, when you see something, you don't, like, again, my brain did not know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a scary experience. Didn't, wasn't anything like that. But I, I knew what it's like to see something and not understand what it was. When we talk about, uh, when we have the show, inevitably, when we talk about paranormal mm-hmm. activities, especially, I mean, because there are tons of ghost stories in this state. Yeah. There's a ton of ghost stories in this, in Hopkins County. Oh, I got one from here in town. Oh. I'll tell you off mic. Oh, yeah. Tune in later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because w- when we get into that show and we start telling these stories, because there's always a paranormal, I mean, I mean, we're Southerners-ish. Mm. Ish. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us are are Celts in in ancestry. One of the things that Celts will do, you know, Scottish people, Irish people, we are storytellers, which means that we will tell ghost stories and we're very, very good at it. So there's that fine line between, is this just a ghost story that you made up to scare the shit out of me? Mm -hmm. Or are you telling me something that you believe really happened to you? Right. And should Scare the shit out of me. And probably should scare the living hell out of you. Now, I've had experiences, and I don't like to share them very often mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people who don't believe. And I'm like, Ugh. Cross the table's one of them. Across the table's two of them. Hmm. But, you know, that's okay. You know, I don't tell them because I'm trying to convince you to believe me. I tell them because I'm like... These things happen to me, and, you know, sometimes they creep me out, and, you know, I can creep you out at the same time. But on the other hand, if you believe in that sort of thing, I can tell you that my personal view is you have more to fear from the living than the dead. Hmm. And really, with the dead, they're more annoying than anything once they figure out that Oh hey, you know I'm here, and you're like, go away. Well, Just right. go we, away. We didn't even go into the uh, to the possibility that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I even make myself go. <laughs> why you, you talk about this? Uh, the the uh, well, how do we know the varmint uh, doesn't pass through dimensions? Isn't a isn't a uh, much like a blink dog or a. Uh, or a uh, 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 I know what you're displacer, displacer beast. beast. Yeah, because there comes the D and D reference. Yeah, exactly. Nah. But, you know, again, you get in the Bigfoot stories, and a lot, a lot of these once, mm-hmm. once these big cat panics start really kind of petering. Oh, out. Oh, this sounds like how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie yeah, pop? You, you, the world well, may never know. Well, the, well the, re- <laughs> the reason you can't catch it is because it can pass in between dimensions. How do we know it can't shape shift? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One day it's a Timberwolf, one day it's a Lynx, it's a Hyena. Right. Who knows? It's a Demigorgon. It's a nature beast. It's, it, a, yeah, it's, it's a, a shapeshifter. It's a nature spirit. Yeah. And now we're going to make Stranger Things references, too. It's a Demigorgon, oh, guys. No. It's no, a Demigorgon. Demigorgon's a demon, dear. Well. Yeah. This is a lycanthrope. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. There is a difference. Demigorgon cannot change like his at least, form. Like at least ten hit die, right? And now they're out nerding me. <laughs> well, one's an outsider. One is, oh. one is one is a shape changer, which is on a stand. Okay, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys, but you're really out nerding me this time. Okay, where can we be found online? We can be found on Facebook, um, Kentucky Kernels of Truth. It's Facebook uh, dot com slash Kentucky Kernels of Truth, and we can be found at uh, Kentucky Kernels of Truth at gmail dot com. Okay, uh, we don't have a Twitter yet, but I will. 
get on the ball with yeah, that. We got to do all that. Yeah, because social media is that is that thing. <laughs> it is definitely will, a thing. I will be interacting with the public. Well, that apparently is all me. That's right. Well, because because so, the, the first negative email I get, I will quit. <laughs> <laughs> You can't quit. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you can't quit us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You hey. complete me. All right. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> so all right. So it's another thing you don't want to see in the woods. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. So not there's anything wrong with. <laughs> oh God, no! You definitely want to don't want to see Colin Skyclad in the woods. Uh. Bless his little. See, I didn't even go heart. to Skyclad. Uh, yeah, I Skyclad. did. <laughs> so all right, we have our foreign correspondent here. So, bless him, he's been living in Kentucky for seven years now. Yeah, seven years now. So, one of the things that we figured, he figured that we could ask him is, so, differences between California and Kentucky, what are those things that you noticed that you were like, what the hell? (laughs) My first moments in, in Kentucky, I can remember, and I had to send photos back to my friends in California to prove to them that I just wasn't making stuff up. Oh, he really did. Because I wasn't in California, and they weren't <laughs> in Kentucky. But they got pictures of live bait vending machines. Only in Kentucky can you find live bait vending machines. And he really did send them back. I can attest to this, because they how, were like... How do you know the freshness? I mean, does does each well, nightcrawler and meal cricket As long as it's have? alive. They got, I know they had for a while one of the EZ shop... Out there on 41. But how do you... I mean, okay, hang on. As long as it's alive. <laughs> right. Now, this is a vending machine. It's Okay, so it's it's lethargic. How do yeah. you know it's alive? Well, it's, it's not do moving. It. Well, they'll well, wiggle around. Cricket. They're mealworms. They don't move to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what's... How do you know I there's a freshness? The guy opens them and goes, oh, no, these ones are still good. I don't know what's worth it. Oh, not no. bitter yet, so they're fine. <laughs> no. That's gross. That's, that's, and as someone who gets poo in his mouth at work, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh god! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What's, I, again, I don't know. Uh, speaking of what's worse, is actually the vending because the vending machine is almost sterile. There is in the Easy Shop uh, the, at the same at the same uh, gas station a little refrigerator in the back. The cooler. Yeah, you just get them out with a little styrofoam plate yeah. full of dirt and butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I, I guess, can understand. Dirt and that, worms. Which California is normal. has that. Oh yeah. Nor, nor, uh, you can't see my my quotey fingers, but it's oh normal, yeah, T- you know? total air quotes. Air quotes. Uh, California back by the, back has, by the pork rinds and the uh, yeah and the, and the chips and yeah. The, California has the, the those little styrofoam mm-hmm. containers, but to actually you know put in fifty cents mm-hmm. and get yourself you know a night crawler or two, <laughs> just was it, right. it's odd. That and drive through liquor stores. Oh Are my you god, freaking it's perfectly me? normal. It's totally Cal- normal. California, we can sell alcohol any day of the week, including Sunday, except for between two a.m. and six a.m. At the grocery store. But we can't drive through and pick up liquor. No, you can't. But you can go to the grocery store and get it. Oh, yeah. We can get it anywhere. Oh, my gosh. The last time we were in California, though. You can get it at the gas station. Man, the last time that we were in California and I went to the grocery store, the lady there says, would you like to sample liquor? Uh, Yes, please sign me (laughs) up. (laughs) So what do I need to do here? She's like, well, I need to see your driver's license. Done. Right. <laughs> and let me stamp your hand. Oh, we're going to the club now. Okay, cool. And do I need glow sticks? And are we having a rave? All right, whatever you need to do, but you know, sign me up. And how many times you go around in a different costume? <laughs> Eventually with a little mustache? No, because yeah. I have to see your driver's license uh, every time. Right, right, right. But at the, at the uh, Kroger in Owensboro over off Frederica, their liquor store is separate from the grocery store because that's how we do it here. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe in one-stop shopping in California. Toilet paper, bread, tequila. <laughs> but, you know, at the, at the liquor store in Owensboro on Frederica at Kroger, you can go in and you pay in cash. You can get a quarter for a two-ounce beer shot. <laughs> When I was working over there, it made grocery shopping a whole lot better after work. Let me tell you, because they also did wine tasting. So I would do wine tasting and I'd do a few beer shots and then I'd go grocery shopping. And I'm like, I don't really care that the store is crowded anymore. I don't really care. This is all good. It's all good. It's cool. <laughs> and then I'd have a snack because I'm like, no, I'm not going to drive home like this. <laughs> 
Well, then I, I would find that, you know, there, you couldn't, you could, there was restrictions for when you could buy alcohol because I remember wanting, I picked up a six pack at, at a place and Kate looks at me and goes, you can't buy that. And I said, why not? It's Sunday. It's Sunday. I said, so? Um. It's not two to six a.m. Obviously, I was still fresh from California. <laughs> right. She just looked at me and she said, "Blue light laws." And I said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> not blue light laws, just blue laws. Blue yeah. laws, whatever. Yeah. Same you're difference thinking, for me. You're thinking of Kmart. <laughs> yeah, seeing that, okay, that's probably part of the problem there. Yeah, and it's like um, blue, blue laws. laws, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" There's no blue. <laughs> right. I'm like blue laws in California. You just can't buy between two and sixes. You got to sober up for something so you can get home and start drinking again. I I I'm like, "Hey, bro, there's a sign, helpfully posted on the cooler there," yeah. and you're like, "Are you serious? You can't buy this on Sunday?" So I was depressed, and nope. I put my alcohol back. <laughs> I was. I was made mad about Fourth of July last year. Went down to Tennessee. Tennessee has some crazy liquor laws. Oh yeah, I could not buy hard liquor on the Fourth of July. That is so bogus. Now, that's one thing I gotta say. I love about Kentucky is the Fourth of July. California, we can't even have a sparkler mm-hmm. out here. You have mortar out. <laughs> I'm in love. Oh, we have t- we have tents just pop up. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I, competing I, tents. I just love. Oh yeah, like around. across the street from right, each other. Right. Anything that leaves the ground going whoop. And goes up in the air and goes, boom, <laughs> and shakes windows. I'm all for that. That's what I love about Kentucky. Guns and fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you got a little bit of fuck you, I do what I want in you. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, once again, we can be found at... Facebook.com slash Kentucky Kernels of Truth and Kentucky Kernels of Truth at gmail.com. All right. And fuck you. I'd do, do what, what I, I want. want.